You're listening to the Slow Ride podcast. Likes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. The Slow Ride Podcast. And on Twitter at Slow Ride Pod. Enjoy the ride. Quick brown fox jumped over the fence. Hello and welcome to the 195th episode of the Teespanute podcast. This is Tim in lovely Spring Hill, Florida on the west coast of Florida. <laughs> hey, this is Matt in lovely Minneapolis on the middle-ish part of Minnesota on near the river. And this is Spencer in Boston, which is kind of on the eastern edge of uh, this great state of Massachusetts. Oh, first, yeah. first uh, famous as the first state in the, uh, in the nation, actually. City on a hill. And enough about you guys. Let's talk about me. Okay. Um, Strada Bianca. Oh, wait, wait. Hold on, guys. Hold weekend. on. I'm hey, getting yeah, a delivery hey, yeah. of a, I'm well, getting a box here. Getting a, a bag. Just some uh, medicine. No big deal. Let me sign for it. Mm-hmm. Sign, 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 sign. All right. I'm sure nothing bad happened there. All right. What were you saying, Tim? I was talking about me again oh, and sorry. about how um, awesome Tispanute was this weekend. Yeah. And he was. I was on a bike ride the whole time, but I got to admit, guys. That podium, I can't think of a more amazing podium for the three of us. Not only did we have Tis Banute on the top step, my guy, who I always pick to win everything. <laughs> yeah, yours you forever. Um, we second, we had uh, Roman, <laughs> Roman Bardet, who looked resplendent in that AG2R kit mm-hmm. covered in mud. And then we had Vout Van Art, Spencer's uh, favorite cyclocrosser, who said he was going to take over the world. And Spencer actually came pretty close to delivering on the goods with a third-place finish, only to be beaten by Tis Banute. But, I mean, <laughs> nothing for nothing, guys. What an amazing race on Saturday. It was it could an amazing be, race. It could be the seventh monument of cycling. I think it is the seventh monument of cycling. I think it's officially the seventh monument at this point. It was a great race. Um, Do you guys – did you expect that podium? That, that was not – an unexpected group of guys, but an unexpected podium for me, I guess. Does that make sense? Uh, yeah, I think it does. Uh, I guess I would say that podium was unexpected because I I didn't think that once Wout and uh, Bardet got about a minute gap, I didn't think that they were going to get caught. So I thought, yeah. I thought Bardet would take it. I did. Oh, really? Okay. I mean, I had my heart of hearts. I I was hoping that Wild would get it, but I I knew that wasn't going to happen on a climby finish. Yeah. Um, but I, I. But I thought I, that I was one Bardet and two. I thought that was one and two yeah. for sure, and you know, a Sagan or somebody like that would be third. Tease. It was amazing. Likes the long bridge, doesn't he? He sure the, does. That. That video that we got over on that finishing climb, uh, Ruby Roubaix hit us up on Twitter and countless others about the. Um, Vout Van Aert on that final climb when he was trying to stay on Bardet's wheel. Yeah. Like, Tis Banute was already off the front and going to win, but you see Bardet, or you see a Vout, like, totally cramping, trying to get back on the bike, doing, like, a, a remount that looks kind of like how I remount bikes, just not very well, because he was totally in the um, in the pain cave. It was amazing. Yeah. Little guy, you were blowing up my phone when I was in the middle of that ride. Yeah, yeah. And, the, like, <laughs> the mud, the pictures that I saw, Yeah, and... I got a couple of other like texts and then my 
my at mentions on Twitter were just going through the roof. Everyone was just like, <laughs> oh, man, we're never going to hear the end of this. Um, and we haven't. Uh, on Twitter. We haven't. I mean, so the yeah. second I saw Tease take off and and start making that bridge, I was like, how come Tim's not calling me? And every time now I'm watching a big race and you don't call me, when, especially when your guy is off the front, I know you're getting miles in when I'm not getting miles in and I'm a little pissed off. So I call you <laughs> to confirm and then you don't answer and I'm like, damn it, he's riding. I'm not riding. Um, and then I sent you a really good picture of me in you, the middle of the ride. You sent me a beautiful yeah. picture of a, of a, a dirty – a dirty clay road, and it looked really nice. It looked like a nice ride, um, but the- but you weren't you weren't lying. You said go home and watch the final fifty k. We got asked on Twitter like, what's the best way to watch these races? Go to YouTube. Just type in the race. Yeah. You can find the final fifty k easily. It's and worth like, it. I, you, thank you for bringing this to my attention. I I didn't even know um, this race was going on. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad you know. Do you guys think so? I, it's crazy. One that Wout's on the podium. Like what was it? Two weeks ago, they invited him to the race. Like, yeah, that's that's pretty amazing. Um, I didn't even know Bardet was going to do this race. I didn't and either. Kind of the the whole time, I kind of as he was out there and he was making the move with Wout. I kind of figured he was just on a tough training ride for Torino, and to get in like a little like, uh, you know, tough gravel ride kind of Roubaixish. You know, get ready for that first week of the tour. You know, mm-hmm. and. I don't know if he was actually there for a result, and then he just sort of rolled the dice and said whatever, and then he crushed it, and now he's like, "Oh man, I got to do all these classics." Turns yeah. out, do you, do you, tur- I just yeah, yeah. Mm. it's boggling my mind. I just did not think Roman Bardet <laughs> could show up to Strada Bianca and pull off a second place against all these big classic dudes. He weighs like fifteen pounds. It's a it's a deceptively climby course yeah it, you know yeah, and like it's true you forget that because you know the the weird the gravelness of it i guess i don't yeah. know what you call it but it's you, people treat it like it's perry bay but it's not gra- no. i mean and this is maybe gonna fly in the face of uh, an entire segment of the bicycling industry but riding gravel isn't that hard you know what, I mean? what? But they were all on gravel bikes, right, Spencer? <laughs> I'm pretty sure they all had, you know, 40C tires, 650B um, yeah. setups. Oh, they were on so. 50. Yeah, yeah. You know, one thing, okay. bike bike wise, do you guys notice that Wout is rocking a Stevens? And in the cross season, he was on felt, and there was some stories coming out that he didn't like the bikes, mm-hmm. like the whole team didn't like the bikes. And I never heard that they switched, but. I've never seen another one of his teammates in one of these races. <laughs> so they could all be on felt and he could have just gone out and bought himself a Stevens, you know? Yeah. Um, have you guys seen I one s- of his teammates in this races? Cause I, I swear I, to God, every time the coverage starts, they're all gone. And I know it starts halfway through the race, but like, yeah. So I, okay. This was the 11th year of this race, right? Yeah. Strada Bianca in, uh, in Italy. Known for the uh, the white gravel roads, this is I believe the first time it was muddy. Correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, but I, I mean this so. was I mean this was just a beautiful um, sight. Oh, thanks, Spencer. Uh, we I mean overall, besides the fact that Val Van Art didn't win, Stybar is the only other real cyclocross you know yeah. individual to win this race. He won it a few years back, but you know Consolara. Um, I mean. It, this is easily becoming a favorite on the calendar for everybody. Yep. Um, 
the the picture is the the probably the greatest finishing stretch in uh, one of the greatest finishing stretches in cycling. I'd agree. I mean, I would into agree. that plaza. Yeah. So, but you know, so many people hit us up on the uh, the Twitter beat us. Um, so many others. Uh, we got a sweet emoticon um, of just a bunch of minds being blown and uh, hot fire icons from like Alexander uh, monster riffs and just everything together. Thanks for everybody thinking of us when uh, that podium was uh, was happening because it's pretty much as as you come to expect on this expert podcast that we've got. <laughs> Here's the thing: Can you believe I'm oh, I'm thinking ahead. about the muddy edition that I just accused Tim of not knowing about. Yeah. I think that might have been a stage of the Giro that did yeah, the same it was. course. <laughs> Where yes, uh, Cadell Evans, I think, either won yeah. or did well. I forget. He won. Did he win? Okay. <coughs> yeah, um, he won. But I'm still going to say, like two... since it was the same course, that uh, Tim was wrong. Roughly. And it's been muddy it... before. So, hey, two quick shout-outs. Alexander, or sorry, um, Alejandro Valverde. He was up there. Solid, solid ride in fourth place. I mean, come on. Like, this dude's amazing. He's ageless. Um, Visconti in fifth. Oh, shut up. Oh. Shut up. Oh, my God. Like, guys, I, this is I've been, what a great race. I've been teaching Tom Boone and Tom Boone that when we see Visconti off the bike race, we go, no, 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 no. Because mm-hmm. that's his new thing is he says, no, 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 about all these things I tell him not to do. So when I, when Visconti's off the front, I point at the computer and I say, no, 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 no. <laughs> we don't like that. Um do you guys think this is confirmation? And I, you know, I'm pretty sure it is because I'm always right. This is confirmation of my Wout Van Aert uh, opposite training plan of everybody else's. Everyone's going to yeah. do it next year. They're going to race across season, and then they're going to roll right into classics because uh, it's working. It is working. It's uh, it defies all regular coaching logic. I think we need to have a coach on this show to explain to us how a guy that's going to peak in July. A guy that raced an entire cross season and got second in every cross race who's been racing since August, and a guy who specifically built up for the classics can basically all finish within thirty seconds of each other. Like that is three different, <laughs> yeah, three different well, wor- ways of attacking the world of being a fast bike racer, and then yeah. they all end up at the same place. Basically, can we? I, let me just uh, so. <laughs> that's a good point. Everyone's just going to go race cyclocross, which is going to be hilarious because Wout Van Aert is not going to be racing cyclocross anymore. <laughs> no, because if guys, he's smart, he would do the <laughs> same buildup. Like, no. Oh my God. If like, he, he's going to, he's so, going to do a regular buildup next year and he's going to have a crap season and then he's going to have to come back to cross and we're all going to be like, yeah, 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 he's back. New, numerous tweets. One, uh, one, just one example from Florian Abrahamson goes, anyone else just think Trek should ditch Degenkolb and just sign Voutenator? And it's like, yeah, at what point? Who? What team is going to sign Vout Van Aert? Someone's oh, yeah. going to buy out his contract, yep. and you know, I don't know if it's going to be Trek because Degenkolb. I wouldn't, you know, I, I don't, I wouldn't put him out to the farm just yet. But <laughs> yeah. I mean, Val Van Aert, like someone is going to sign him, and it's probably going to be Quick Step. <laughs> like, it, it will be, it will be them, or it will be Red Lotto, um, for sure. Yeah. But but that's yeah. but that's t- again quick step always too many Tease cooks Benute. yeah quick step already has so many cooks in the kitchen and and T- you got Tease and Wellens here's and Gallopin like is is anytime uh, the wild card team gets a guy in the in the breakaway like that finishes yeah. in the top ten at uh, yeah. at Umloop they get signed to quick step or Red Lotto that's just how that well, works and then Wout basically did that at Umloop <laughs> and then one upped it with this massive result guaranteeing a no name guy uh, a, a contract on quick step but wow 
has a name. He has some Palmares. <laughs> um, so I don't even know what's going to happen there. But well, yeah, Trek would be smart to pick him up. Uh, I, I think, you know, even... Do we have to say Yellow Lotto anymore? Because now it's just Yumbo. That's true. They got rid of it. So they they, they made it easier for us. Yeah. yeah could we be just them. Say Jumbo. They could do it too. I, for I, but I, think, I wouldn't trust a Bianchi would, cross bike if I was about. <laughs> well, I would either. But the, the, the thing is, last time, one of the last times, we had a guy we were super excited about who was on a smaller team, Edward Thunes. Mm-hmm. He was on Top Sport, Blondrin, whatever, got picked up by Trek. Now he's on BMC or whatever. But, you know, he got picked up by Trek. Yep. And so maybe Trek will make the play. They got, they still got all that Cancelera money, or Cancelera, <laughs> Contador money. Contador money. Contador money burning a hole in their pocket. It's true. Um, Henrik Enberg, longtime listener of the podcast, hits us up on Twitter and he says, hey guys, enough, you know, enough talk about uh, Vout and Tispanut and, you know, these other characters in this race. This is the most important picture from yesterday. And it was a picture of Carlos Betancur <laughs> in, on a gravel section, Full coat, everything muddy, good good sheen on his legs, Belgian knee warmers, not wearing the full leg tights. Mm, oh, wow. Betancur is looking good. It looks like he's ready to destroy the Hammer Series, um, <laughs> which two editions of the Hammer Series this year. Betancur sighting, first of the year, pretty stoked. Henrik, uh, you win a prize from the uh, Slow Ride <laughs> podcast uh, gang. We'll make sure to get that in the mail out to you. That's, I didn't <laughs> even know he's in the race. Um did you guys get a chance? This is jumping back in time, pa- farther back than this weekend, but to the previous Tuesday, so basically a week ago, to the La Saime or whatever race that happened on that Tuesday, where that quick step did a full quick step on finally oh, right. after yeah. they they messed up the un loop and the and the kern, and then they went out to the medium sized race and uh, Terps it went Terpstra Gilbert and they just put it over on like Turgot or some or Godin or whatever one of the direct energy guys. Um, but they finally got a chance to do the full the quick step and really, I mean, just you, beat you, on some. Yeah, folks. you knew it was coming. It, it was oh, sad yeah. that it wasn't you, on the weekend, but uh, it was definitely yeah. coming. And I, God, I don't even remember. There was another even smaller race that happened last weekend in Belgium, and, and uh, or this weekend in Belgium, and they did a the quick step with with two guys I didn't even really know. <laughs> did win one too. It's the sort yeah. of thing they just showed up yeah. to, like basically the local race. Did, when you guys were, um, this got pointed out to me, but I noticed it as well in that video of Wout Van Aert trying to remount the bike on the climb. Um, Alex and uh, Dirk on Twitter hit us up and go, Wout with the saddlebag, pro or unpro? Like, so there were some riders that had kind of the saddlebag underneath. I thought it was a GPS yeah, type system. I bet it's a GPS. But why did some riders have it and then some not? Did you, do you guys have any idea? Like, I'm just curious on that. Is, well, it, is that like, isn't it is identifies it, what bikes have the motors or not? No, no, isn't it like the thing? You know, sometimes <laughs> you're watching your coverage and they pop up a couple dudes' heart rates and powers. Uh, it could just okay. be the transponders to transmit that hey, stuff up to yeah, the helicopter. Yeah, you guys helicopter. have heard of Velon, right? Uh, wait, Velon. Uh, wait, but is, but is Vout's team in the Velon series? No, but basically he's like we said, he's about to get bought up by a team <laughs> with that Velon so money get- and. <laughs> They all wanted to know what his power was, so they said, "Hey, man, can you um, can you borrow one of the, you want to borrow one of these things just for fun? It would be cool." And then they all sat there in the team car, going, "Oh my god, look at all that power!" So, is are we going to see Vout Van Aert defending the 
rainbow jersey at the cyclocross uh world cup next year like do you guys think that he'll do more than like three world cup races <laughs> i mean i'm gonna send him a up, personal he's, letter he's that he has to do the exact same program because a lot of riders would 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 do bad drugs to get the two results that he's gotten this year having the couple rides he's had this <laughs> yeah. year and and like there's no reason to mess with perfection don't <laughs> don't buy this. I don't know, guys. It, it was pretty cool to see. Um, I The other greatest part, and I was uh, going to get to this earlier about Strata, um, is that there's a Women's World Tour race yep. that happens on the same day, mm-hmm. yep. same course. Mm-hmm. Pretty awesome. You think maybe this could maybe pick up. This is the first race of the Women's World Tour. Yeah. It's the fourth edition, and Anna van der Bergen uh, wins it by a good 50 seconds over um, – Katarina Niwadama of Canyon Shram and Elisa Longo of Wiggle High Five. I didn't have a chance to watch too much of it, yeah. but again, same conditions that uh, the men had. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, you're looking at a lot of the mud, the drastic climb up the, that, that final climb. Mm-hmm. So brutal. brutal. Um, another fantastic example of how you can put two world-class races on the same course, make it great for spectators and for um, those viewing at home. Yeah, I only got to catch the last maybe 10K we haven't done our draft for the women's world tour teams, but I think we should just look at the teams that were in this race. And that kind of determines like who's going to be there. Cause this was one of the, obviously the bigger races, but I got to say it right now, I'm going to throw this out there. That Ollie Cipollini kit yeah. is easily the ugliest kit in the professional Peloton. That thing is hideous. <laughs> it is. Um, I, I don't know what to like. I can't even, I, if I have the last pick in the draft when we do it, and that is the only team, I am going to create another team in my imagination to avoid choosing that jersey. Wow. Take a look at it. That's, it's it's is that, that bad. bad? It's, I thought, it's, I don't it's remember it being bad. that bad. I mean, that's what oh, I expect. Just, I just pulled it up. That's I kind of expected yeah. it to look like that. It hasn't really changed. Ah, well. It's very Italian. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I want nothing to, nothing to do with glorious. that. Glorious. Okay. Um, the other, uh, other news in professional cycling, uh, Hammer series, not that's guys. Not. I I know it's it's coming up, but I, we just got to say this Didn't is that they finally happen? announced. We don't, okay. but we're gonna mention it. They are doing us. They made it official now. They're going to Norway, so there's going to be two Hammer series events. Um, mm-hmm. They said we could get a press pass, so maybe we can get a uh, sponsor to uh, fly us over to one of the Hammer series. I'll tell you what, whoever the sponsor is, you can decide if we go to Norway. Or if we go to the Tom Dumoulin Cycling Center okay. um, yeah, that's for fair. the other edition. That's fair. They but uh, Bettencourt is looking good for the Hammer Series. It's two editions this year. I can't wait. It's going to be improved over last year. Um, stoked. Spencer, I know you're stoked. I am. It was my favorite race yeah. all last year. I'll try to yeah. get stoked. So, I didn't watch it last year. I didn't even watch the highlights. Uh, but I'm going to try uh, I'm going to try it this year. I'm going to give it a so, – I'm going to dip my toe. Disappointed in they, you, they, guy. Yeah. They said all we need to do is just – well, they said all we need to do is just DM them, and then they'd hook us up with media accreditations. Nice. Now, um, I did look at flights, and although Norwegian Airlines is now flying into the U.S., it's still fairly expensive yeah. to get to uh, Norway. Um, but let's get to it. Uh, started up with uh, the big news of the week. John Senum, longtime listener of the pod and supporter, hits us and says, Guys, you cannot make this up. And it was the BMC tweet. That Van Garderen is leading the team at Paris Nice, and today on stage one, TJ Van Garderen abandons the race after an unfortunate crash. He did hurt. Shocked? Himself. No, I wasn't shocked. 
I, I, it's sad to see, we never like to see him crash. No. I, we've, we've said that many times. We're not that, but come on. Like, did he really have to be the team leader? I mean, what else uh, is he going to team lead? They didn't have any other nothing. options, man. They didn't have any he other could options. be the best domestique ever. For who? You know, like yeah. Port, Port was for, supposed for to do, Richie Port. Port was supposed to do Torino and he's sick. And so Caruso's their team leader at uh, Torino. They, who else? Who's their next GC leader? I don't know. What about a guy named Dylan Toons? He's pretty awesome, and he got eighth place today. Why don't you just go for the, uh, you know, the sprints? You know, well, they um, are now. What about Simon Garens or Nicholas Roach? Yeah. Also, top-notch uh, riders. I keep forgetting. Simon CJ can Garins work for them. <laughs> Jurgen Rollins. I mean, guys, the the list is yeah. limitless. It, I mean, Spencer Roach <laughs> does speak English. I was going to say so... Roach might be better than TJ. <laughs> Roach has his moments, but I I. The second I heard on the coverage today, I heard them say that TJ Van Garner was one of the riders who fell. I was like, well, that's it. That's yeah. over. Yeah. Pe- put, him, put him in the team car as like for sure. And then they showed pictures of him getting back on his bike for a second. And I was like, oh, all right. And then, um, no, yeah. out. Yeah, that's unfortunate. You know, you, you don't want to see the guy uh, come to grief, you know, but it. It's sad the headlines write themselves. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> and, and the, the reporters don't do him any favors. You know they they keep putting him up, putting him up as team leader and whatever. And Cursing he just, him. He should just be hanging out, going for a stage win every once in a while. Like that's yeah. probably what he was doing. And uh, you know they, he gets built up, and then he, you know, something happens, and it just makes him look bad, and that's unfortunate. Yeah, yeah. I want him to do pressure. well. I do. No, I, I want him to do I, well. I, was, I want him to be successful. I was excited. He had a, he had good races earlier in the year. I thought I thought he could actually do a good result here, but not not. To Would me. you guys rather have like so? Put on your um your Go USA hat for okay. a second here. Wait, hold on. Would you rather have Vasconcelier? But I'll put it on. Yeah. Uh, okay. Would you rather? Would you rather have a um American stage race superstar right in the mold of like Lance Armstrong, Greg LeMond, mm-hmm. right? Like they're gonna go. Tour de France, maybe uh, you know some of these other races. Kind of like the TJ was going to be the next Lance. He uh, still could be, still young. Or, true. <laughs> or would you rather have a you know Cancellara, Peter Sagan esque sprinter, maybe one day superstar that can kind of just do it all, but never is going to win the Grand Tour? I want. What would you rather have? I want a for a cycling nation all the way. I'm sick. I am sick, sick, sick of American Grand Tour contenders. And I know we're stuck in the mold because we've had two guys, you know, with a little asterisk there, winning Grand Tours from America. Um, but I, I just don't want it anymore. I want, I want a, I want a classics guy, kind of in the mold so, of a George Hincappy, but uh, I thought like for a sure, little bit more winning, like Tyler Ferrer. Yeah, Tyler Farr. Dude, that one year where Tyler got, what, fifth at Flanders or something? Yeah. That, I was so excited about the, the, the so, ascendancy of Tyler <laughs> Farrar. I was sure that, like, the next year is going to be even better. That was it. I mean, that, that, I mean that's, that was it. If I got you, fifth at, at you, Flanders, I would yeah. tell people every day. I'd be like, hello, I got fifth at Flanders. They'd be like, what are you, what's Flanders? No. Spencer, how do you feel about this? You know, you're in the bike industry. What do you think is more important, Spencer? What's your feeling on like what we need as a cycling nation or whatever? Like, uh, give me your take. Well, me personally, I I agree with little guy. I'd like to see some all arounders, some some 
classics winners. I don't even care if it's San Remo or the Fletch Wallones of the world or if it's Perry Bay, whatever. But if if you're talking about bike industry and selling bikes and getting getting uh. people excited, getting getting more riders out there in the world, you gotta we don't need more. You gotta win the tour, you know? Like that's So yeah, I know. I agree with you. Do you think, do you you think that, a but... Peter Sagan esque like American guy, like just maybe a good old boy from, uh, you know, Arkansas, maybe just growing up in like Bentonville on the mountain bike trails, then he comes over and he just becomes the Peter Sagan of road racing, could become like the, uh, <laughs> well, you know, superstar that like, like a crossover. Like Floyd Landis. Like Floyd Landis. Yeah, but but like winning Paris Roubaix, do you think that that could build up like, or does it have to be all in on a tour for the bike tour. industry? It's yeah, sure, but like I would argue that Velo News is trying really hard to build up Tyler Finney into in that same way of like the headline on Velo News today or yesterday. Oh, was, Taylor Finney. Taylor Finney, Sorry. whatever his yeah, name yeah. is, was like getting names wrong. I don't know. I like I is. like him as a rider. He's fine. He seems like a nice guy. But like they they're like first race of the year. Like that's the headline, and then the column on the left is T. Spinute wins Strada Bianca. Like. Tyler doing his first race of the year is not the biggest news in cycling. I know you're an American-based website, and I know he's building toward Roubaix and all that stuff, and I think they're trying to make that a thing. But he's just going to get 45th place or something. <laughs> wow. Wow. Um, I just don't see it the happening. Tweet of the Week comes to us from Ruby Roubaix, and he says, Hey, guys. Um... So basically, Bling Matthews is not racing because he has a chip on his shoulder. Uh, and this was the uh, this was the news that uh, uh, Bling Matthews didn't start uh, Strada Bianca because he has a uh, chipped uh, shoulder. Yeah, that's a you pretty, see that? that's a pretty, pretty good. good one. Yeah, it was um, well done. I, I really like that one. I, th- I thought it was impressive. I don't get it. Yeah, oh, it's, <laughs> just let it let it let it percolate for a little bit. Wait, okay. uh, Tim, we just got to say yeah. one thing. The the finish of the first stage of Perinice was excellent. Everybody should go out and watch the last four or five K. Um Okay. It's a great finish. You get a four up photo finish, which is pretty rare on a like a total uphill drag. Spencer, I know you watched it. I did. And and I'm not gonna say how it goes. I want every everybody to go watch it and be excited. Because it goes back and forth if you're watching the coverage. Okay. They're like, one guy wins, one guy wins, one guy wins, one guy wins. Okay, everybody else but you is on Twitter and already knows the results. So I don't, <laughs> Twitter, okay. I don't think we Damar spoilers. won. Spoilers. It's, but it would be more exciting because you, when you watched it live, they thought Izagira won. And then they thought Damar won. And then they thought Izagira won. And then they were like, no, Damar won. He, on, um, on the uh, Strata uh, coverage, little guy, what were they saying about uh, Vout Van Art? Um, you were able to watch it live. Um, yeah, but I was what watching was your Sporza, So <laughs> I don't know what they're right. saying. Because when I when I picked up on YouTube, they were kind of mentioning that he's cyclocross, but they were saying like they were getting into the oh, that's why he's doing so well on the mud, and he's you know oh yeah, yeah. this is like the future kind of yeah, thing. Just no, like, that, just like Bardet. Yeah, just like Bardet. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I mean, it got pointed. Guys, I can't get enough of that. That new AG2R jersey. I'm so happy I drafted that in our jersey draft because it looks so good. I will say, when I was watching the finish today of Perry Nice and all the FDJ guys were coming over to hug Damar. Oh, don't that even kit, start. That kit was growing no. on me. It was growing no. on me. It looks a little bit, and I got to say this. Spencer, I think, ring the bell. I think <laughs> that kit, like that design would look really out. good on like a jumbo jet from the early 80s. <laughs> just, just but I like it. <laughs> like I would fly that airline. Yeah. I would fly on that airline for sure. Like they look like 
airplanes, and it's great. Hey, this is Mo Bruno Roy, and you're listening to the Slow Ride Podcast. This week on the podcast, we are racing for healthiq.com slash slow ride, the best way to save money on your life insurance. If you're a healthy individual, check them out. You're going to be saving some buku dollars by taking a quiz, answering some questions. Best part is you're already on Strava, so you can upload your Strava data, and then they're going to know for a fact that you're a healthy individual riding 50 miles a week or 50 miles a month, whatever. They're going to make it work because you're a healthy individual saving some money. And I want to personally thank all of the different... um, Listeners of the podcast that have actually gone out and done this for us, and you've you've hit us up on Twitter and all that. It's been great, and they've helped make the Wide Angle Podium Network and our podcast um, sustainable. Yeah. So yeah. thanks, no, absolutely. Thank you. We are completely supported by uh, by Health IQ. Um, like Tim said, they're a life insurance company. They celebrate the health conscious, including cyclists, uh, which is why you should be excited about that because not a lot of companies give you a benefit just because. You're a cyclist. Um, so do us a favor, visit healthiq.com slash slow ride to learn more, get a free quote, check out the FAQs, get your answers, get your questions answered, uh, all that jazz. And um, yeah, we've had, like Tim said, lots of tweets about people saving a couple hundred dollars uh, just by checking it out. And uh, you could too. So do it. I, w- yeah. um, I want to... Also give a uh, shout out to those that have downloaded the Wide Angle Podium app on both Google Play and the iTunes store. If you go onto the app, it automatically updates for what shows next. Within the Wide Angle Podium network of shows, quick shout outs. First up, Consummate Athlete. Congratulations on over 100 episodes. What I love about the Consummate Athlete is it's just not about bike riding. They have athletes from all over the spectrum of being healthy individuals. Great interviews. Fantastic Check it out. I also want to give a shout out to um, kind of a sleeper hit on the Wide Angle Podium Network. I've been uh, doing a good job of, or I've personally been doing a great job of listening to it. Okay. And that would be late. That would be Laser Radio. Um, they've kind of changed it up a little bit. Where what Laser Radio is doing is they're um, talking to legends of American cycling. So Brad Soner, the uh, race announcer, is out there in this most recent episode. He's with uh, Kurt Stockton, uh, road racer, downhill mountain bike racer, and uh, team owner, and the nineteen ninety professional road race champion in america so check it out um laser radio it's some good stuff and uh kids don't follow has also been throwing down um a couple of uh music uh podcasts if you're into you know just kind of broadening your horizons which uh, i have also done by listening to uh, their show and listening to new things nice. all right let's get back to the show guys Kerry Werner, and you're listening to the Slow Rock Podcast. Quick shout out: we got two five star reviews. First up, Professor Madhatton. I set up iTunes for this. Five stars. <laughs> bike racing has a small. Bike racing has a small but wonderful and completely stupid segment of aging punk rock kids in it. They're hard to find, but when you do it, if you fit in that category, you grab the hell on. These guys are definitely in that wedge of the pie chart. The show is fun, sincere, sarcastic, ridiculous, totally informed. 
totally informed, completely ignorant, energetic, and exhausted all at once. It's true, man. You can you can tell they're good friends, and to make it better, and it makes it better. Listen to it or don't. Whatever. I'm not your mom. Down with Android since day one. Super rookie. That's the reference you think it is. Apple has my CC info now. I hope you jerks are happy. Thank so, you. So, uh, fantastic. <laughs> well, I appreciate very, very it. Very proud of you. Yeah, that's a good job. This podcast is required listening for anyone interested in fat biking. Five stars from <laughs> Iron Chef Minneapolis. Thanks. Culture, history, and sabermetric-esque analysis of the 16th place. Love little guy's interval questions for Adam Meyerson. Five stars. So, <laughs> thanks, Iron Chef. Hey, now, more. Iron Chef, you've... Uh, Iron Chef has been on the Twitter, um, little guy. You're not really on there um, too much, which is great because mm-hmm. is he is—he's planning on just destroying you at Schwam again. Oh, really? Um, okay. He's talking about how he's got his dropper post all set up and how he's going to go up. Um, Do you need um, a dropper post? Highway double zero. Well, yes oh, and yeah, no. Totally. Um, really? You definitely huh. need one. So when I'm and, in one on one tomorrow, I'll go look at Gene's bikes from when he won, and I'll see if he had dropper posts on them. Well, that was before dropper posts were invented. So, okay. you know, if he okay. was if he was around um but I I I want to talk a little bit about Schwamigan. Race entries are still available. Check it out. Schwamigan, if you need to spell it, um just do uh like everyone else does and just uh try to enter it 10 or 12 times on your uh your Google <laughs> or just uh uh C H E Q 40 is um what um Yeah, I'll get you there for sure. Yep. <laughs> Kevin Bouchard Hall had to do. He said it took him twelve different attempts to uh, spell it correctly. But um, oh, man. I have been be in there? contact. I have been in contact with my coach, oh, no. um, Jordan Cullen. You guys may remember that I that announced Jordan Cullen is my coach, and he gave a couple of tips. Okay. Um, and I'm willing. I'm willing to share some of these just to let you know what I've got coming. Um, you know what's going to help me out. Sure. So first off. I actually messaged him about um, five weeks ago, and I said, you are my official coach for Schwamigan 40, by the way. And then silence for about four weeks, and I said, (laughs) hey, I need serious training help. Silence until yesterday, and he goes, sorry, I didn't see this. I have my Facebook deactivated during school, which sounds eerily familiar to someone once telling me that they blocked my phone number because they thought I was spam. But this is what he says. Step one to doing well at Schwamigan is constantly letting everyone else know that it's not even a real mountain bike race. Mm, so this true. is a good first le- lesson. So you hear a lot of people talk about Schwamigan, about it not being a mountain bike race, especially our friends in Michigan that want to talk about Iceman Goeth or whatever it's called. <laughs> yeah, and so it's, called. it's definitely a road race for you two. For me, totally a mountain bike. I'm ready. I'm, I'm ready to go. Okay. Step two. This is this is the type of training I'm getting from Jordan Cullen, winner of the short and fat. Also, it's better to die of dehydration than to ever be seen with a camelback. This is actually a good tip <laughs> a in just regular good life. Point. Um, that is true. Yes, multiple <laughs> bottles in the pockets. Um, yeah, you can even have a frame bag with a bladder that somehow comes up. Yeah, um, I would recommend if you if you. If you well, I'm just saying it's better than a camelback. Yeah, okay. I guess so. I, at no point is a camel anything on your back allowed. Like I don't want to see that at Schwam again. Can you wear one of those um, beer hats? That'd be all right. Yes. Okay. Actually, that'd, that'd be pretty awesome. And then he says, final tip of the day is uh, racing with road pedals and letting everyone know about it. <laughs> okay, that, I got a story about that. That is a good so he says, psychological so he warfare said, move. He said, show up to the start. <laughs> 
with road pedals on your mountain bike and just let everybody know that you're actually in road pedals. I guys, I already have the leg up on you. Yeah. Um, I feel bad that you guys are so far behind and not only the miles, but also the training and the coaching. So Shawamini is going to be great. Come join us up in the great Northwoods of Wisconsin for America's biggest mountain bike race. Yeah. Or <laughs> most spectacular mountain bike race. It's, I might have to change the title. Yeah. And uh, 37 years strong. And uh, you're not going to want to miss it. T- Tim, you remember that uh, Red Wing – I don't know what the Red Wing mountain bike race in Minnesota is called that you came out and watched one time I, I raced in? and Yeah. Didn't I race it though? No, you didn't race it. Or maybe you I raced it. I did the I sport. I think I was in the sport. Sport races. I think I was in the sport. Sport races pretty early in the morning. Um, so, so yeah, I probably didn't go. I probably just went to go watch. Well, at the start line of that race, our good friend Lala rolled up next to me. <laughs> On his mountain bike, and I looked down, and he's got he's got road pedals, <laughs> and I was like, "Really?" And he's like, "Yeah, man, it's fine. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna gun it at the front. I'm just never gonna get off." Well, pretty early in that race, there was a bunch of log little log crossings you had to kind of like hop over, and you know it bunched up. You know, it's like you hit the single track, you hit these logs, and it bunched up. Of course, you basically had to stop if you were anywhere from back from like fifth place back and Lala had to get off and then he like jammed his chain. And so basically like a fourth of the way through the first lap, I came by him clopping along in his road, road shoes, having trouble even walking back to the start. And it was kind of satisfying <laughs> and funny. I got to say, <laughs> okay, we, I'm totally not going to be using road pedals. I was just throwing that out there, but it's, it would be pretty hilarious if someone shows up. So, Anyways, the second part of this story in preparation for Schwamigan is, guys, I am all in on gravel grinding. Um, over this weekend, I had such a great time in Tallahassee. I did a 105-mile race called the Dirty Pecan. Spencer, little guy, it is completely clay roads. Um, okay. There's a fair amount of sand. Um, I was I was just destroying the sand, like the sand sections. Um, I just crushed it. But the clay roads, I sent pictures to you both. It looks great. So over about four thousand feet of climbing, no, which is huge for Florida. That's a, a lot. That's not bad. On a scale yeah. of uh, one to Benute, where how are you feeling? Doubt Van Art. I mean, okay. like I was, <laughs> you're hurting, I was like, but the result was still solid. That's how, it yeah, was. it was about 3%. But here's the best part is that it's free. Yeah. Like it's, it's like the Almanzo. So like, you know how there's a lot of, within the world of gravel grinding, there's a lot of people trying to commercialize it and really take, make money off it, which is their right to do what they want. And especially in the race promotion game, you have events that have really blown up. Dirty Kanza being the prime example where now you can't even like, you have to put your name into a lottery to spend the $200 to uh, <laughs> yeah. do that race, right? Yeah. This race is a benefit for the Jefferson County, Florida 4-H. And you go to their thing and it like they have their lawyer speak in the waiver and it's all like, you're on a private excursion. You didn't even have to sign a waiver. It was like, if you're, if you're doing this event, you're on a private excursion. And it was great. Um, we go to a town called Boston, Georgia. Which you go into the town, it's at the store stop, Spencer. Okay. You're gonna love this. On the bottom of the store uh, bottom of the city of Boston. It says, Welcome to Boston, Georgia, home of what do you think it is? Oh, I have no idea. The Boston Mini Marathon. Uh. Yeah. Two point six miles of awesomeness <laughs> or a half six. marathon. 
It's pretty great. You should check it out. That is a distance I think I might be able to cover. And they have a parade. They have a Miss Mini Boston, Miss and Mister Mini Boston Marathon like pageant, like they would in the South. But um, overall, guys, awesome race. And the best part is you can start on your own. So a bunch of people went off the front to start right away, but we were like ten minutes late because. Yeah, I hang out with yeah. people like you guys that like someone couldn't find their helmet, you know, <laughs> we're like scrambling around. Um, we started, we got into the, uh, kind of the second group on the road in the hundred mile and, uh, fantastic. I'm all in the, uh, all in on the, uh, the gravel grinding. I don't know what, um, what, what, what it's taken so long for everybody else to jump on this bandwagon. Yeah. 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 People <laughs> should start trying it. New and up and the amount stuff. of, they should so start making a couple things point- bikes for it too. Mm-hmm. I think. Well, we'll get to that. Couple things point out. One, a lot of camelbacks on the ride. Yeah, that's um, well, no Shawamagan. What are? But a hundred miles, like with something on your back, I don't get. Like they weren't really camelback. Like I saw some Jan Sports. Like there was no, there's no bladder in these bags. Like what are people carrying with them for over a hundred miles? Yeah, that's why they. That's why they invented uh, bags for your sandwiches. They bring in sandwiches. <laughs> I bring yeah, but you sandwiches. know what? Somewhat. Someone did have a chicken biscuit in their frame bag that they were happily told me about, but it was not wrapped in a foil, so it didn't have its own personal oven. Yeah, it wasn't going to stay warm that way. Spencer, you've done Almanza with me. You know I rocked that giant saddlebag with two peanut butter and jelly sandwiches stuffed into it and all my tubes and stuff. And like we'd stop two times in the race to get some more water because – we don't believe in camelbacks. It's true. And we'd we'd stop <laughs> we'd stop in the park, and I'd pull out a sandwich, fill up my water bottles. Boom, we're back on the road. Yeah, yeah. That's a it, it's amazing. Um, what I really liked about the event, and you guys have experienced this at Almanzo. A couple of people that were at this race or at this ride, sorry, have yeah. done Almanzo before. Uh, Gravel Cyclist, one of the uh, websites, was there as well. And I mean, like five hundred people. The the variety of bikes and the variety of clothing. Mm-hmm. So like yeah. you have a lot of the spandex freaks, right? But then the majority of folks are in just like everyday wear or just like in some baggy shorts, just going to crush the 60 mile loop because it's some great riding on some awesome hills. However, I did see a couple people totally dressed like they were on their way to like the masters because they had khaki shorts with their polo shirt tucked in with a belt, like straight out of the Eddie Bauer catalog. That was a little interesting to me because – there were some clay roads and there was a fair amount of spray and dust, but it was really cool to see like everybody getting out and doing it. The whole community came out. I loved it. I hope you guys were able to come down all in on the dirty pecan in uh, Monticello, Florida. And then also okay. um, it was free, which is the best part. Again, great. just like the Doc Hollywood and El Manzo. Sounds good. I'm, I'm, I'm interested. Peak my interest. I got a KOM too. Thanks for asking. What? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Super the, rookie. The, you're no big deal. Weight? I'll talk about it later. Wow. Dude, guys, I, out of town form. I, if I, <sighs> the only downside, and someone else has pointed this out, is that I'm going to be completely burnt out come yeah, swam again in September. I, mean, I haven't ridden this much in a while. That's, that's my hope. Yeah. But I mean, so yeah. as you texted me on Saturday that you were at this race doing 100 miles, and I'm like, well, I'm going to at least get out and do a couple hours this afternoon. It'd be, it'd be a change of pace. And then I was just going to do one quick bike repair. And oh, is that bottom bracket? That bottom bracket doesn't turn. Yep, it doesn't turn anymore. Um, <laughs> winter is eating my bikes. It's destroying my bicycles. They're all – there was a point yesterday – currently I have two bikes working. There was a point yesterday where I had no bikes working. 
I mean, not even my race bikes. Like all my race bikes had had parts cannibalized to make regular riding around town with fenders bikes. And like, I need fenders. It's supposed to, it's supposed to snow five to seven inches tomorrow. Like I can't leave the house without fenders. You guys, um, I winter can't end fast enough. Every winter I do this where at this point in March, I think, okay, if I can just get two more weeks out of this bike before I do anything to it, then, then the total snow salt storm of death will be done and I can put nice stuff on it. And it hasn't happened like, I had to replace two tires this last week. I had a hole in one of my tires the size of a a nickel <laughs> happen to me while I was at work. And of course I was I was at this point where I stopped on like nineteenth and LaSalle and I looked around and I was like, I am equal distant between every bike shop in town. No bike shop is close to me. Everyone is diff- far from me. That's ridiculous. You have so many bike shops in Minneapolis though. Like, All right, nineteenth and LaSalle. I mean, where are you gonna go? You're, can't. you're know, flat. You can't boot it because it's the size of a freaking nickel. <laughs> you cross the uh, yeah. cross the park from Alley Cat unless they went out of business. Yeah, they're they're on weird winter hours, ah, so okay. they weren't there. So I walked to Alley Cat and they're not there. And I was like, shit. Well, now what do I do? I guess I walked a one on one. I walked one on one. I walked. Yeah, it, I did two drops on the way. It took me like an hour. It was stupid. <laughs> Speaking of one-on-one, uh, eleven-year anniversary this past weekend, so that was pretty cool. No, really, I, we've had we've had plenty of events uh, having to deal with that. So give them a quick shout out to uh, Gino and Jen. Um, pretty oh, awesome to see. Congrats, um, Spencer. Anything going on in your neck of the woods on uh, as far as riding or maybe just talking about bikes? Talking about bikes, I don't know anything about that. Um, as far as riding, though, uh, just. Uh... You're putting in the commute miles, right? Yeah, just the commute miles. Um, getting on the Zwift every once in a while, you know, trying to trying to keep the legs uh, supple, you know, for the for the season. <laughs> oh, so you're spinning right. the fixed gear in the winter, sort of thing. That's, yeah, you're just you keeping know, working it. Working on my cadence, just, working on cadence. Uh, you know, my mechanics, my Sweet biomechanics. Def- <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You're just doing that core work in the gym right now. Huh? No, yeah, getting that pedal stroke just early. dialed, just butter smooth. Okay. Wow, you're gonna be just, sweet, just so smooth. sweet deflection. Yeah. Um, now, little guy, um, one of the things that you wanted to talk about because you're our expert in, um, I guess, obscure bike news or you know what's going on, is no. that uh, this most recent announcement uh, <laughs> coming from the president of the uh, the tariffs on uh, metal costs yeah. are actually going to be uh, maybe impacting. Uh, you know the small frame builders out there. Well, um, what, what do you think on that? Is this is this something you've researched? Like you're ready to I, like throw down and, and get a titanium now because it's going to be cheaper than a steel frame? Well, or I, what do you think? I did a teeny amount of research, and I I don't know. I don't think there's any American steel producers anymore because two tempers out of the game. Somebody can correct me if I'm wrong. Wait, well, you mean steel producers of bicycle tubes? Yeah, of, of bicycle tubes. Okay, so. Of bicycle tubes, true tempers done. So like you can buy whatever's left, but nobody they're not making more. As far as aluminum, I don't know if anyone's actually making aluminum tubing in America. I'm pretty sure they're not. So like I don't know, maybe Thai is gonna become uh more reasonable in terms of price just because steel will become more expensive. Is steel every custom steel frame becomes twenty five percent more expensive why not just spend a little more and get that tie bike, right? Wow, all of a sudden all cities are going to be, you know, through the roof. <laughs> well, and I, I don't actually fully understand. I don't think anybody understands what Trump is saying on this. But is 
if you manufacture, is it ma- just manufacturing or is it just raw materials? I think it's just raw materials, in which case it's actually going to hurt custom builders more in the United States. Would it hurt custom? Oh, rather than importing the bikes? Yeah, because like if the, you're importing steel frames it's, that are out it's there. a finished product, but uh, if you're okay. just importing raw materials, then it's just going to actually hurt uh, custom builders more. How many steel bikes do you have in your uh, quiver right now, little guy? Uh, one, two, three, four, five. Five and then two aluminum. All right, uh, Spencer. How many uh, steel bikes do you have? Oh man, um, six. I'm sorry, six and then two aluminum. All, all but two of mine are are steel, so like probably five or six. Yeah. Oh wow! I because I'm down to one now. <laughs> so whoa! Well, I mean, I've got the well. Then I got the titanium, but yeah, yeah, know, yeah, that's, yeah. That's a little bit different. So. Yeah, so, I mean, so you you're already down with the titanium. I just I just don't know. I mean, it is interesting. It's a year, two years after True Temper stops making tubing, in, you know, for the bicycle industry, yeah. and now we've got this tariff. I mean, your options aren't that. You know, there's not that many tubing options if you're building bikes, and it seems to mostly be Italian or yeah. Reynolds. You know, which I don't know where the Reynolds stuff is made. Maybe in England, maybe in France at this point. I don't know, but. And there's some stuff coming out of Japan, but yeah, I don't know. It'd be a shame well, if so that thinking, puts a, a hurt on the industry. Uh, underground <coughs> steel tubing, um, sort of, uh, you know, market black market yeah, kind of. Oh yeah, yeah. start importing gray market styles. Stuff's gonna yeah. fall off the truck and uh, <laughs> right yeah, I'm gonna be making Canada, a... and it's just gonna get kicked across. Yeah, I'm gonna be I driving think... to Winnipeg a lot. Yeah, I don't know why. I, well, just gonna be doing it. I'm thinking if you're in the market for underground steel, that you would be attending the New York Bike Jumble. Who hits us up on an email, guys? Because uh. we talked about this last week. Longtime listeners here love the bike swap episode. Blah blah blah. <laughs> we first heard the you know, yeah, you know, it's a really intricate. But they they're basically saying, guys, we wanted to respond to your comment about bike swaps and jumbles in episode 193. But most of what you said is true. Jumble sounds infinitely cooler and is less misleading than Swap, and America's love to appropriate. But New York Bike Jumble has been around since 2008. Oh, so, that's like, that's like yesterday. since you're not as well as informed, ever. since you're not as, as well informed as I thought you were, you probably haven't heard of us. No, and we'll forgive you for that. But New York Bike Jumble is exactly what it sounds like—a jumble that takes place in New York, usually Brooklyn. Obviously. Obviously. (laughs) Like most other swaps, we have all kinds of awesome weirdos selling all kinds of weird bike stuff. But because we're in Brooklyn, it ups the ante a little bit. We first heard the phrase jumble somewhere early on in the internet and probably around the same time as the velobase.com was made. When we decided it would be cool to organize a swap in Brooklyn, calling it a jumble was a no-brainer for exactly all the reasons you mentioned. (laughs) So Spencer, this is to you directly while you're waiting for Boston to get it together. You should come to the next Jumble, May 12th, at the Old Stone House in Brooklyn, New York. In the meantime, check us out on Instagram, NY Bike Jumble. And I got to admit, Isaac and Harry came through with probably one of the better emails we've got because it was a direct invite to you, Spencer, mm-hmm. to go to the Bike Jumble. And little guy, you might have to fly out there because that's where you can find the infinite supply of steel tubing. I'm sure that they have some connections oh, in, the, yeah. uh, in Brooklyn. I mean, yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. Yeah, stuff sounds good. Trucks in New York all the time. Oh yeah, a lot of stuff. Stuff's <laughs> always Bruno Kirby's always 
sounding like a mobster and doing that stuff. There's um, a bike swap coming up in Minnesota at the end of the month, the uh, TCBC one, which is pretty sweet because it's just old dudes selling old dude shit, and I'm super into it. I bought some sweet uh, $5 fenders there last year. Total oh. deal. Um, other news before we, uh, we, we, we hit the hay is uh, I bought my cargo bike, guys. So I can't what? wait to give a Which uh, one did you get? So I got the, uh, the Yuba Supermarché, so it's okay. in transit from the West Coast. Um, we're going to have to build it out. but uh, So, yep, got a front-loading cargo bike, so uh, thanks ah, to those guys I'm for uh, the hook. And uh, we will see how it is. Um, also, quick news, little guy. The Trident is up for grabs pretty soon because Paris Nice is lame. You can go get the Trident at Torino <laughs> Adriatico. Uh, uh, that starts, I believe, tomorrow? Uh, or Tuesday? This week sometime? Yes, yeah, yeah. whatever. Either way, by next weekend, we'll have a lot, of, we'll have a lot to talk about. We'll, we'll know the more. The greatest trophy in cycling is up for grabs. Yeah. And yeah. with that, we'd like to thank all of our listeners for tuning in. Oh, Thanks yeah, to BK1. Yep. <laughs> we didn't talk about it, but they suck. Let's just say that. Yep. Okay. Yep. And thanks to BK1 for the use of the track Tama Du Cannibal off the album Radio Du Cannibal on Rhyme Sayers Entertainment. Thanks for tweeting us at the Slow Ride Pod and emailing us at the Slow Ride Podcast at gmail.com. And healthiq.com slash slow ride is another great way to support the podcast. Check it out on how to save money for your life insurance. Once again, that's healthiq.com slash slow ride. And if you haven't already, please click subs- subscribe on Apple Podcasts and give us a review. This is Tim in Spring Hill, Florida. This is Matt. I'm not in a garage like Tim. And this is Spencer in Boston, Georgia, um, Boston, Massachusetts. It's hard to remember. Uh, and we will see you guys on the Greenway. The Slow Ride Podcast. Bikes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. The Slow Ride Podcast.com and on Twitter at the Slow Ride Pod. Um Hey, little guy, you didn't see this, but uh, uh, our boy out in San Francisco, Randy yeah. Deidle, Deidle, hooked us up with a, a picture of a BMC road machine uh-huh. locked up to a rack, and it's totally the one with like the the uh, Lego frame technology, right? Yeah. Like the pieces. If you zoom into the uh, the down tube, or sorry, the C tube, yeah, ride like a champion, George Hincappy <laughs> on the bottom. It was pretty spectacular. Red, white, and blue paint job. Oh, wow. Like, it might actually be, like, a handicappy bike. Yeah. Someone bought it. <laughs> They're just commuting on it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, totally locked up on the top, too. Anyway. That's cool. It's pretty cool.